Hello, and welcome to Series 1 of The Power of Impact, Stories of a Better Future. My name is David Simmons, and in each episode, I shall be talking to someone about the charity they lead and how they manage to prove the effectiveness of that charity. So now let's listen to my chat with Henry Wilson, who leads a charity called Reach in Haverhill in Suffolk. So welcome, Henry. Henry Wilson of Reach Charity in Haverhill. So tell me all about the charity and yourself. Okay, so myself, um, I, uh, I, by profession, I'm a photographer. So that's uh, that's my background. I'm a Haverhill boy. I've lived and uh, worked in in Haverhill as a freelance photographer until um, really felt a call to go and uh, to to the ministry. I went and candidate for the Methodist ministry, and they said no, thank you. <laughs> so um, <laughs> charming. <laughs> <laughs> In a nice way, they weren't they weren't rude or anything. It just wasn't mm. the right thing, and I'm glad they didn't. But um, I then went on to a Bible college in London uh, in 2003. And uh, anyway, cut a long story. I uh, really felt uh, particularly called cool to serve in in Hayville to help families, help families who were all based around Nehemiah. Uh, 2 verse uh, 17 which is about let's restore the walls of Jerusalem but you know in the, in the phrase that I had was let's restore the walls of Haverhill mm. so uh, so when we talk about circles of support here at Reach these days that's exactly what you know we we are still doing is building a circle you know walls of protection and security around families it's just that we don't always use the phrase, you know, like Nehemiah um, these days. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's how it started back in 2000. And uh, it actually didn't actually start till 2005, but that was in 2003 when I went to college. And when I came back, I had the opportunity to go and work with Christians Against Poverty as a debt advisor. And uh, I did. Um, but um, um, back in 2004, I had this really strange dream um, at Christmas, and uh, in this strange dream, very vivid dream, I was um, I was driving a van, and I was driven through some shuttered doors. I remember it very clearly, and I was offloading lots of food and lots of Christmas goodies to give away to people at Christmas, and it just seemed incredibly you know, vivid and very real. So this is before I started with CAP, and I had just wondered whether or not that uh, whether or not that was something that, um, you know, because I'd come across a lady who had nothing, who I'd been delivering some flowers to that week, um, just helping out my wife. Um, so I'd gone and delivered some flowers, and I took some flowers to a lady, and she she was just so bold over by the flowers, and but she decided to open the card on Christmas Day, so she got something to open, and it really did strike a chord with me, and I thought, and so maybe that's why I dreamt what I dreamt at the time, because I just thought, you know, wouldn't it be good to be able to support people who've got nothing at Christmas time? And so I was out in a van, and I had been out in a van that week, driving a van, um, delivering flowers, and, um, but, in, in, you know, the fact that people kept giving me 
goods to give away is, of course, you know, what actually happened, of course, in 2008 with a food bank. But um, ultimately, we started the debt work in 2005, and that's where we started to come across families who were going without food uh, while working with CAP. And so um, came across the Trussell Trust, and we set up at the... Uh, the food bank in um, in 2008, and funnily enough, it wasn't quite the same van that I was driving in my dream, but uh, the shutter doors were definitely the same shutter doors that I was driving, that uh, we, we were in the warehouse from 2005 until 2018. Um, so those shutter doors, so I always just remember vividly closing those shutter doors each, you know, when I did, because I used to do a lot more hands-on stuff in the day and just thinking you should remind me of a dream yeah mm. so that's that's a really profound thing i mean it's mind-blowing really you had a oh, dream written it down and everything so it's, it's probably on our website actually so yeah. well, it used to be on our website i don't know if it still is oh, well i'll have a look after this <laughs> so you had a dream and you literally carried that dream out yeah exactly yeah and yeah. so you set up a trussell trust food bank tell me a bit more about that um let's drill into that a little bit what sort of um, what's you've started? I guess you start off delivering food or handing out food to people, but there was always a more than that, wasn't there? Yeah, well, um, working with CAP, mm. um, Christians yeah. Against Poverty. I'll say CAP from now on. I'm sure everybody knows anyway. But um, we used to have a um, a client aid fund um, that we could buy shopping for families. So in other words, we'd see a family who were going without food um, because of debt and mm. we would take, we would ha be able to take them shopping or get them um, a trolley load of shopping or order a load of shopping and get it brought to their home. Um, we could do it once and we could spend in those days up to £50 for a family or something like that, sometimes £100, you know. But... Um, when we started to get asked by social services if we could help a family where people who hadn't got debt and that they'd just got benefit issues and benefit delays, of course, it became really tricky because obviously I, I couldn't do anything about it. And so I wanted to do something about um, yeah, helping the families, but I couldn't. Um, if Cap ever hear this, and I to put my hands up now and apologise, but actually I took on some clients who I knew hadn't got debt, but because they were so desperate at the time, that I I took them on, signed them up, got them the food that they needed, and did a budget with them and and closed their case really, but uh, because they were desperate. Mm. But I just thought we need something else. We really do need something. And um, so I wanted to do something like buy one, get one free. And then I came across the Trussell Trust 2007. Mm. And um, I met a lady from Salisbury who told me about it. And so I inquired about it, went and visited and just thought, this is great. So um, I, uh, I went to visit, as I say, um, I think I don't I can't remember the, the sequence of event, but um, I went and saw a lady who got debt um, either the week before or the week after, and I can't remember which way round it was, but she became my, I'll call, partner in the real sense of business partner or organisational partner. She had debt and she became my colleague, my co-founder 
of reach mm. uh, because we set up the food bank together because she was so touched by what she was hearing and, uh, and other people going without food. So, um, yeah, so Anne joined the team and mm. uh, become our first employee, well, apart from herself. And uh, so, yeah. And the the team has grown since then, of course. You now have an office, open plan, lots of people filling desks. Tell us a bit about the sort of diverse work you do, because it's more than just the food bank, although that is impressive. You've got the food bank, the money advice. What else is going on? Yeah, so the, we, we've always done the, the money advice. We, we, we unfortunately finished working with CAP in... Um, 2014 mainly because um because of the food bank work that we were doing in 2000 and 2008 2009 and people were coming to us wanting repeat requests for food and so and people weren't really getting the help that they needed yeah. and um and so we set up a drop-in center where we could actually ask the questions because ringing the 040345 numbers in those days on a mobile was very expensive and so you, you just couldn't do that um, which is what you had to do to you know to ring the tax credits in the day um, and so we wanted a, a place where we could ring people on a landline and and see clients and actually get to the root of the problem so we opened the resource center in 2010 um, but as we still carried on helping people with debt we found that people were very complex needs and of course not everybody fitted the 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 plan or that or, or or the the process that went along with cap and so we we had often they'd fall off the off the system or fall out of the system and someone had to pick it up and that was and then we trained ourselves if you like to actually do the debt work ourselves so we registered with the it wasn't called the FCA. It was the pre, um, the the forerunner to the FCA. So we had our own, um, our own number. So right. we were we were legitimate, if you like. And then we came across community money advice, and so we set up community money advice in 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 twenty fourteen because it just meant that it was much more formalised, mm. and that we could keep an on keep an eye on the regulations and everything else that we were needing to do. Um, so, yeah, so by the time we got to, um, so we, we've always done the debt work all the way through and the, uh, and the, and everybody used to come to the resource centre who needed help. So if we ever needed anybody, who anybody needed help, they would come. But of course, we've become a little bit of a victim of our success, one for a better word, because people kind of got to the point really where, they might not have wanted to come because there was a bit of a stigma attached to the resource centre. Because if you were coming to the resource centre, it meant that you were generally poor or you needed food. And, and of course, so we start, so we had to overcome this. And so we began a project, which um, we called at the time, reach into the community, uh-huh. which doesn't, doesn't really exist but it does because it's exactly what we do that's all we do these days is reach into the community and so um we went back to how i started which was going out into people's homes and going out meeting people in different places instead of having a centralized hub place because we could do it we could do everything on the phone we could do everything you, you know you could even scan you know, put, put a program you scan 
documents on your phone. So we didn't need such a place or anything like that. So we still continue to do the debt work. In fact, we've expanded the debt work. We now have a, an outreach team of six who are involved. Uh, Anne, who I mentioned earlier as my first colleague, uh, she now focuses mainly on benefits and does uh, benefit work. So helping people um, claim their benefits and uh, fights the DWP when they say things like you can't have it. And so she'll get a bit very angry and um, off she'll go and, 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 and then fight for them. So we've got a team of six on those, still do the food bank. Um, we'd love to see that reduce. And so one of the things we are expanding into, and I realise that uh, I'm going around the houses a little bit, so I'm sorry about this. But uh, one of the things we're really keen to do um, is to work on prevention to actually stop people needing our services in the first place. Yeah, how much more, how many more people do we need to take on here at REACH? Hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. You're, you're touching on various things there in the, in the instance of... So first of all, we look at the short-term impact of your charity, that it, it helps people get out of poverty, out of, out of the desperate situation they find themselves in immediately. How many people do you think you've sort of helped over this time? Do you have a number? No idea. I, I, I remember when we became a separate uh, charity in 2017, mm. it was over 10,000 people. Okay. Um, in, 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 uh, yeah, I, I, I don't even know if I could even look it up. I, I don't even know how I would look it up. I'm sure we, we would be able to know more over the last six, seven years of how yes. many people, but the... The way in which we recorded stuff in the early days was pretty sketchy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very common these these days. Yeah. I think nowadays, because um, IT is so prevalent and we all oh, have yeah. smartphones and we can record anything anyway. I mean, go on, you know, these days, you know, I get an email on the first of the month and I say that because I had it this morning and in, in that email was these are the number of people that you helped or number of cases you helped this month and these are the cases that you did etc yeah. etc whereas uh, you know I think 10 years ago you know how many people well I can I can well who knows it would have been like a couple couple of days to try and work out how many people would actually help yeah so, uh, yeah, so very different. The short-term impact. I mean, so you're lifting people out of out of the desperate situation. You, what would you say the long-term results are of what you do? How do you measure those? Well, this is one of the things that we feel that we're not particularly very strong on, and it's one of the areas where we want to grow in. So we've been wanting to work. You know, so we. We know about our outputs. Mm. We're quite clear on outputs. So we know that we help, you know, like I think it was 212, um, off the top of my head, it was early this morning when I looked at the um, Advice Pro reporting, um, 212 families or cases that we've helped this month. So the outputs, straightforward. This month, but, yeah, that's good. Yeah, 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 um, as in August. Mm. How many people we've actually, you know, really helped in terms of what what the long term impact on their lives will be? You know, we, we're just beginning to start to measure 
uh, on the Edinburgh Warwick scale about how people are doing. Um, and so it's very, very early days mm. about that. That's what we're working on. We're looking mm. to address this you know, as we go forward. And you have someone working on impact analysis of the sort of work you do and the kind of work that, that gets done in Haverhill as a whole as well, which I think is, That's right. is forward thinking. Tell us a bit about that. You know, so it's early stages. It's difficult to actually tell mm. how how that's beginning to look. But, um, you know, we're, I'm very hopeful. But um, as with anything, you know, when, when we started using Advice Pro back in 2020, um, the things that we do now on Advice Pro, um, and we're still only touching the surface, you know, it's, it's far greater than what we did in, in 2020 when we first took it on. And I'm guessing that, you know, the, the we will be able to better measure impact on a constant. It will improve on a day-by-day day, or, you know, month-by-month month basis. We'll be able to measure things differently. Mm. Um, so, for instance, we do financial gains. So we know we now know how much financial gain is, is uh, we, that we achieve for a family who might have debt or something along those lines. But we, we can't really compare that very well with the previous years at the moment because it, it's not that, it's still re- relatively new to us. A lot of it is hearsay at the moment, I'm afraid to say. Uh, I would say that um, we know we are making a difference mm. because people tell us. Yes. But we've set out on a journey mm-hmm. on a and to be very deliberate and intentional to actually measure it and so that we can prove it because this is what our clients are saying to us. So you've started the journey of long-term measurement, but it's obviously long-term, so you're at the beginning of that long-term. Yeah, that's right. I I would say that um, I'd like to think that we might begin to see some improvements on the way in which that's coming through Mm. probably over the next six months. And what what do other um, stakeholders say of your services so local authorities local other other local charities those kinds of people gosh i think they value it mm. i mean we do get invited to other towns uh, or or not that, that sounds we have, we've only gone into one extra town at the moment which is uh, um newmarket uh, which is part of west suffolk west suffolk council and it has been mentioned about going into Berries and Edmonds, which is like the main county town. We need a reach in Berries and Edmonds. So I can make the assumption, and people do trust us. They seem to trust us. And I wouldn't want to blow my own trumpet, really, on that or anything like that. You best ask them, really. But I, I, I do really feel that um, I think they do value us. They do ask us questions. They do like to uh, to include us. Um I, th- I think it was a real endorsement of uh, our work when my colleague was uh, become co-chair of uh, the Suffolk County Councils. It's the voluntary sector, uh, you know, with the um, uh, uh, they're working on a poverty strategy. Mm. I think they're looking to do something fresh going forward. But at the time, you know, for the last year or so, you know, so we do get invited. We do get in, um, you know, to comment on things. Radio, get in touch with us, uh, you know, to do items uh, because we're quite media savvy, media friendly. So I'm, I'm guessing that they value what we do, really. Mm. So my focus, as I mentioned right at the start, is, you know, come let us restore the walls of Haverhill. 
(laughs) supporting local families where people come and say, can you come? Can you come into Newmarket, as they did? Well, it become difficult to actually say no. Mm -hmm. And then when we get asked to go to Sudbury, can we support people in Sudbury? It's difficult to say no. And the same with Saffron Walden and... Um, so there's there's places that we we have to be careful because we 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 just don't want to uh, uh, overdo it really. So mm. yeah, but that's the debt work. So that's what we call um, long term support. We've actually started to divide it up into three categories. Our work. Okay. The first is emergency aid. So that's our food bank work. So things like. Um, client aid, so things that are very emergent, you know, uh, 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 urgent, needy, um, quick turnaround. That's the uh, that's the kind of thing that we call emergency aid. Longer term support uh, could be um, it's definitely the debt work. It could be lo- um, income maximisation, working with a client to actually get them out, and uh, and then of course there's the prevention work. We're only really doing well. We're doing. Um, we're tackling our um, some of the structures or beginning to try and influence um, on, on a political level. So we have what we call a community organiser on board, again, sponsored by the Trussell Trust, again, to identify some of the issues that are actually that are causing people to need our support and that we could actually begin to address. Um, so one of the big things that we're really keen to work on there is to, to improve services in Hayville. So that's one of the prevention areas. The other prevention area, we've always been keen on this as well, is to go out into schools and actually deliver budgeting and uh, budgeting sessions. And so I'm really pleased to say that we started, we did a little pilot in, um, uh, in January, January to March, and this was very, very well received, and uh, and now we've uh, um, we we have uh, someone to be working um, part time on this coming from well from September. It's the first of September, so from this month, uh, coming to a school in uh, West Suffolk will be uh, our Tracy, who's going to be going out and uh, teaching or delivering sessions, budgeting sessions to young people. A big thing that we really want to focus on is our prevention. Wow, that's powerful stuff. So three key categories. And the thing about prevention is it's also known as upstreaming, where you take a problem and you try and deal with it upstream of its, you know, when it hits the rapids, you're actually hitting the water early on. It's a, it's a fascinating one. And of course, when you start working with children in schools, you're dealing with a, a societal problem that if people understand how to to use their money correctly at that age, in theory, they should not have a problem going forward. Obviously, life's crises hit people, but yeah, that that's admirable. It really is. And I think it, going to the root of the problem is one of the long-term things which eventually will have a huge knock-on effect, not just on Haverhill, but on... Uh, hopefully, if more people do that kind of thing on, on the UK as a whole. Do you have any stories of the sort of work you do? Oh, gosh. Yes, lots of them. Um, where, where, where do <laughs> I start, really? So, um, Just a couple. Yeah, just a couple of stories. 
a one there was one of my favorite stories i think where someone rung up and needed some help with food he was a he was a gardener he asked for food he was a bit sort of kind of a bit embarrassed about asking for help so he got involved um he came up to collect his food box uh in the afternoon and then and just had a little bit of a conversation and uh and then began to get really upset you know about as he started to say you know that he actually got some debt so you know an appointment was made for him to to go and see somebody who got some uh one of our advisors and uh walked him through the process and of course yes he had got debt and it took a while to begin to uh, you know, deal with his debt and resolve his issues and to put him on an even keel but uh, eventually we got to a point really where he was able to manage his debt and actually clear his debts and uh, and he's completely now debt free which is you know fantastic mm-hmm. and that's kind of where you want to get people to so that's just just one typical story of where we've helped um someone um bit of an ongoing story and again another you know it's just happening just recently a gentleman who we've known for many years in fact i was at school with him so he's my age and uh he's been coming into the drop-in center over the years he doesn't come so much he just tends to ring these days he's alcoholic and quite a if you're to meet him you would think oh my goodness me scary looking chap and no one wants to help him at all but my colleague has been to see him spend some time with him and that's all he really needed was someone to actually spend some time with him and actually hear where he's at hear his heart and began to support him yes with a little bit of food but also to help him apply for some of his benefits you see because he looks scary and because mm. he's a bit of a hoarder and he hoards some pretty nasty stuff, you know, some weapons and things like that, mm. um, some some authorities, some um, statutory bodies, they will ask for police assistance to go. And, of course, once he sees authority, he really kicks off. And right. so, of course, it, 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 and so he often doesn't get the help because he's seen as violent, but he's not violent. Well, he might be, but if you take the time with him. Anyway, cut a long story short, he's now on a on a plan. He's got his benefits really sorted out. He's uh, uh, he, he, he's got a plan with his uh, gas and electricity company. Um, you, you know, they've been incredibly supportive. I'm not allowed to say Eon, but uh, they were really, really good. And uh, and and the great news is is that my colleague. Took him. He's an. He's got agrophobia. Is it agrophobia where he won't go out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, won't go out. But anyway, so the only way you can get support for your drug and alcohol is to go to Berries and Edmonds to Turning Point and uh, you know the drug, the statutory drug and alcohol recovery. And uh, there's no way he's going to go. Anyway, he agreed to go with Steve, my colleague. And so he went over for his first appointment a couple of weeks ago to get uh, to start the process of uh, recovery. Wow! I mean, let's say he's my age, fifty-eight nearly, and so it's um, life's been cruel and tough for him, 
but my prayer really would be that it's uh, the latter years of his life yes. are much, much better yeah. than the early years of his life. I pray that he'll find hope in his life, really, you know, over these uh, um, you know, last years. Who knows how long he's got, really? Who knows how long any of us have got, I realise. <laughs> but true. Um, but it, 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 he's clearly not a well chap. But, you know, there's hope in absolutely, his life. Absolutely. Is his problem solved? No. Did he turn up for his first appointment, very, very first appointment? No, he didn't. And, of course, we were disappointed that he didn't go. But obviously he just didn't. He, he, he just clearly couldn't go. But, uh, yeah. And, you know, I find that with people. They come, they go. We don't give up on them. And then we start working with them again. And then they go. And then they come. <laughs> but the good thing is we, we won't give up on them. Mm. We'll keep working. If they're willing to work with us, we'll keep working with them. Fantastic. And, uh, you know, I've got loads of stories. We want a lovely story of Phoebe, um, mm. one of our, um, our volunteers these days. 29 years caught up with heroin and, you know, in the music industry, when I say the music industry, I mean heavy metal, um, work for RCA Records and other bits and stuff like that, you know, in, uh, in New York, um, really caught up on the drug scene. Ah, oh, to think that she is completely drug-free. Yes, she's nearly 70, but she's got the energy of a 58-year-old, maybe even <laughs> younger but uh, honestly, she has. We call her Tigger because she bounces around like I don't know what, really. But um, yeah, it's uh, amazing to see the transformation in this lady's life. And uh, this is a lady who came to us for food. We've supported her off and on. She hasn't had any food help for a long, 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 long time and doesn't need it hmm. because, uh, you know, she's savvy enough but uh, just got caught up with the wrong people. And, and now she volunteers. Yeah, she does. Oh, yeah, she volunteers all, all around the town, in, in fact. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the drugs have taken their toll on her life. Um, you know, they, they really have. Now I'm on a roll with stories. I could go on and <laughs> on and on and on. But well, what's know, interesting about that professional point... Professional people and all sorts of stuff. You know, about the anyway. point, the point mm. you made about Phoebe was that her life turned around and she started to rebuild the lives of others through volunteering. And I think that's mm. the key. The Isaiah 61, I think it is, mm. those who rebuild the walls are those who were first damaged. It's this, the damaged people who recover and rebuild the walls for others. It's exciting mm. things and it's cyclical as well. And in a sense, that's one of the main outcomes that you will find that as you you know, see, look back and see what Reach has accomplished. It's the regeneration of individual lives, which, to be honest, I mean, what's, what price is one life, you know? Mm. But when you add it up to 10,000 and then more, that's just up to 2017, if that, and probably mm. more. Uh, since then, how many? Who knows? Um, and then each individual life then impacts other individual lives, and it's, it's really powerful stuff. <laughs> and uh yeah we have an amazing team we really yeah. do an amazing team I, I never set out to do this really i just set out to help people really <laughs> and then suddenly you've got this thing <laughs> that you're looking after and and lots of gray hair yes <laughs> it is a privilege it's a privilege to serve and, and with such a great bunch of people and they're all incredibly talented
And on that bombshell, we close. Thank you so much, okay. Henry. Okay, thank Take you. Care. Okay. Thank you for spending your time listening to this. Do subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so. And feel free to follow me, David Simmons, of Absolute Communication and Cinema Network on LinkedIn. Thank you.